You are listening to the Purple Talk podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. On this week's special edition podcast, Harrison Barnes, our king of the day, stops by, joins Doug Christie and I for a sit-down. We talk about his upbringing, his time with Golden State Warriors, and then to the Sacramento Kings, and also about his charitable work in the community and how much he and his wife do outside of the game of basketball to impact the world around them. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to another edition of Purple Talk. Doug Christie, Jake Tam, and the incomparable Harrison Barnes. Yes, on, Harrison. HB. Hey, glad to be on the show, guys. All right, so you are the king of the day. Oh boy. Uh, which is which is huge. Uh, the last time we had a king of the day, you saw what happened. Bogdanovich just absolutely lit it up and and oh, no won question. the. <laughs> he was huge. He scored a career high, 31 points. I mean, fans were chanting his name. Are you ready for that kind of adulation? Was he the first king of the day? He was the first king of the day, and yeah. that was that night. The high standard. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, you get a win. Now you got to get score like 50 now. Well, what is your <laughs> What is your career high? What's your career? 34. 34. See, he knows it. 34. Okay, so you got one up on Bogey. Well, at least three up on Bogey. You got You got a little bit up on him. You got a little up on him. Uh, all right. So, uh, doing my research about you, uh, you've had a very interesting life. And when I meet you and I interact with you on a normal basis, you're very presidential. Uh, well, what used to be presidential. You're very. <laughs> oh, whoa! Did no, we just go there? Did... <laughs> wow! No, you're very. Uh... He did that on his you own, by the way. <laughs> I didn't you know have nothing to do with that one, age. Sure. Uh, but um, but you've had a really interesting <laughs> life. I mean, your mom and you are close. You uh, you guys had some bouts with homelessness when you were young. Um, just tell us about your journey to, to get to this point and to succeed. Yeah, I mean, growing up, uh, grew up in a single-parent household. It was just my mom, my sister, and I. So, you know, she just definitely did everything she could to try to provide for us, you know, make sure whether it was basketball, track, um, soccer, whatever it was, you know, she always wanted to make sure that, you know, I had – you know, the, the best possible opportunities to be successful and whatever I wanted to do. So um, always can never repay that debt. I just, you know, her believing in me, uh, giving me those opportunities. Basketball is, is the path I chose, but whatever I wanted to do, she was always super supportive. And then, you know, growing up in Iowa, um, you know, I, I, we didn't really move around. Like, you know, a lot of guys, especially on this team, you know, they were in a couple of different places. You know, we were there and I was there for 18 years. Um, K through 12 there, uh, had a great experience. You know, growing up, I, I was in uh, boys club, boys and girls club and uh, community centers in Seattle, Washington. I know you have an affinity for boys and girls club. How, how did, was it just basketball or was it the environment? Because for me, it was first soccer, then it was basketball, but it was that environment of being around something positive. For you, how did that affect your life? Yeah, so the Boys and Girls Club is, you know, I definitely grew up in that environment, and I think for me it was the environment, and then it happened that sports was able to be you know, mm. with that. Um, one, it was a place I go after school. Two, yeah. um, it was a place where like, you know, focus on my you know, education. You know, when I was 
really young, just starting getting into sports, you know, it was all, you know, let's play sports, you know, eight hours a day. You know, right. Homework and wait. And my you know, mom was really big on, you know, homework had to come first. So the boys and girls come allowed me, you know, do my homework, uh, get up with that. And then the basketball court was in there. Then I could go, you know, play hoops. Then I could go get on the computer. Then I could go just be involved with different, you know, groups in, in the boys and girls club to, as, to just grow up. Yeah. Now, your wife and yourself, you give back heavily to the community. Um, and the Boys and Girls Club is part of that, right? Um, and, and, you know, you've had other situations, a uh, situation in Dallas where you guys helped out. Um, how much is that part of who you are now? It's that you get to give back and, and get to be that person that walks into a gym and you see all those kids light up and, you know, you can be someone that can represent something bigger, a kid who made it from a small town in Iowa to where you are now. Yeah, so the genesis of how I kind of got into, you know, giving back was uh, my mom had this nonprofit called Two to Four Clothing Closet, right? Mm. So essentially somebody who was unemployed could come in, they get clothes for an job interview, mm -hmm. and if they got the job interview, then they come back, you know, with the paperwork, and then they get like, you know, two or three outfits, you know, to work with. Wow. And, you know, every time you would change seasons, you know, you have to go and take clothes off, whatever. So like, of course, it's a non-profit, so my sister and I were the ones that were the changing of clothes, right? So, and we're sitting there, we're getting donations, it goes from, you know, winter, to, you know, spring, to summer, and we're changing all these outfits. I'm like, dang, I'm doing a lot of work, you know, putting in a lot of days, like sleeping in the joint, <laughs> and all that. And we're like, man, how, you know, why, why are we doing all this, right? You kind of just ask yourself, hey, you're like, man, I could be at home, hanging out, chilling, but I'm here in the summer doing this, and we started to see the, appreciativeness of people who would come in and get the job and, you know really wow. emotional and yeah oh wow i got this job man thanks for giving me these two suits or thanks for giving me these boss or whatever it was like wow yeah that really makes a difference fast forward to now that i'm in the nba you know it's a great opportunity now you know with this platform you know being financially where we are what the game is you know now to be able to give back to kids in a different way um and give hopefully that same type of you know, experience you know, gr growing up for me, for in the inner city, and then finally, uh, I got married kind of young. I mean, young for, for most people. Um, there was a stabilizing factor for me that helped helped me. For for you, um, I know newly married. It's been a couple years now, but what did that do for you? Because you you're already a professional, high level of success. What what is what has that kind of life done for you? Man, it's done, it's done wonders. Yeah. Um, you know, I met my wife, you know, at Carolina, you know, after my freshman year. So, um, you know, she's definitely seen, you know, a lot of <laughs> you know, um, Absolutely. That, I, that, I, that I've been on uh, career-wise, you know, personally, everything like that. So, yeah. you know, kind of just having that you know, foundation, really. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily, obviously, we got married two years ago, which was a great moment, you know, great celebration, and that was good. But just having, having that foundation to build off, um, and just have that support. I think throughout my whole career has been you know, tremendous. Yeah. It's helped me get to where I am. That's awesome. When we look at where you started, uh, I mean, North Carolina, you start, you were great there, but you come to the, the Golden State Warriors and they're on the rise. I mean, you get there that first year, you win, what, 47 games, you win the first round. Uh, and then the next season, it's, you know, magic. You guys. Uh, are, are starting to build, and then that third year you win your, your NBA title. What was that adventure like to walk into a team, but uh, you had a bunch of young players like what you have here, but then you had 
a group of solid Corvettes too, and now you're sort of on the the other end of it. You're you're the middle age as far as basketball life um, in this group, and how how is that to like where you started to where you are now? Yeah, I mean, you know, coming into Golden State, I think you know, in retrospect, everyone's like, oh, there's a team on the rise, but and that was a team with you know the seventh pick. You know, we kind of come there. Um, Steph had been hurt. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of people who were kind of, you know, his stock was low, not really yeah. high on him. Uh, you know, Clay was, you know, a good shooter, but no one, you know. Yeah. You guys drafted, you know, Jim over him. I did not draft over anyone. Oh, I live for the Clay reply. Yeah, yeah. You know, Draymond was second round pick. There's guys like Zilli on our team. David Lee was, you know, the resident all star. And, you know, we kind of came in with no expectations. And, you know, we won some games. All of a sudden, we get to the sixth seed and win a playoff series. Next year, we come in, and everyone's like, oh, okay, you guys are supposed to be teams in the Western Conference Finals. We lose in the first round. So I think it, it goes to show that, one, in order, when no one's looking, it's easy to be good. Mm. That, that's, you know, that could be what we said about last year. So yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Us, you know, we kind of come together, you know, trade happens, everything like that. All of a sudden, we're right there in the playoffs. Coming in next year is the expectation of, of who you guys should be, where you guys should be, how we envision you getting there. And then in Golden State, at least, third year, you know, we were able to put it all together and win a championship. But I think how that relates to Sacramento, where we are now, is adjusting to not only having new players on the team, but adjusting to the expectation, adjusting to people not saying, oh, I think Sacramento might make the playoffs, but okay, yeah, Sacramento's put it to be this spot in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Now, what are they going to do after that? Right, right. And kind of adjusting in season and having that expectation. Where did your level, because I, I've obviously watched you play, I've watched you evolve, but I never got to see your process. So now that I'm around you a little bit more, I, I appreciate the coming early, the staying late, the stretching, the hydrate. Uh, all the different, I mean, that's that's serious that I, because I, I try to take mine that serious too. Where did that come from for you? Did, did was Were you that way in college? Was it something that you learned in the NBA? Did someone give you that jewel of knowledge? I mean, I would say just being around, just being around great players. Mm. I mean, when you come to the NBA, you kind of see everyone has, has their routines. So, you know, you come out and you see, you know, Steph and Clay, you know, the reason that they're great shooters is because they spend a lot of time, you know, <laughs> diligently working on their job. Yeah. Um, a guy like Richard Jefferson, I remember he was like, man, you got to have the logo game, which is funny because now everyone's all about threes and layups. Right. As a wing, you got to be able to put in a logo. Like every day you got to drill it. So it was like, okay, cool. I know I had to come in. I got to get ready. You know, as a rookie, you had to be there really yep, early. Really early. These are things to focus on. Okay, how do I get better at that? Okay, see how this guy works, this guy works. Andre Godal, another guy. Yep. To great care of his body, was always in the weight room. I'm like, man, why are you always in the weight room, man? And I gotta you know, keep my body in the best shape. You know? Right. So I don't get these little soft tissue injuries. Soft tissue. You know? so, okay, now I gotta start learning more about the body, learning right. more about training. All Absolutely. That type of stuff, how that factors in, because, you know, as you get older, you're like, you know, I can just walk in the gym and you know, I can do six exact windmill. No. At some point, these guys aren't doing that anymore. Yeah. These older guys, they hit 30, you know, ah, you know my back. And, right. Okay, so I started learning that. And then as you keep going on, you start picking little things, you know, being around dirt, learn a lot from him. Yeah. So I think, you know, each player, I try to take a little something in terms of their preparation, their process, and how they go about That's it. That's awesome. I see your process, at least part of it, like what we get to see on the, from, you know, our side. Um, 
but your process is much longer than almost any player that I've seen. I mean, like, Vince Carter had a long process, and that's the reason why he's still doing 360 windmill dunks. <laughs> and, and <laughs> exactly. Right. I, I think he can do that, like, roll out of bed and do it. Yeah. It's just incredible. He's almost, what, 42 years old. Um, but walk us through what your process is on a game day, because I see part of it. I know that you're there early, but then I also know that as soon as the game's over, you're straight to the, the ice tubs. You got your again your crazy blow up pants that that Norma I mean, Tech. Yeah, come on. There we go. I, I don't know what they are. I just, <laughs> I just know that you're doing all of this stuff to take care of your body so you can play as long as possible. I assume that's why you're doing. I think the biggest thing, um, you know, there's a, there's a couple core things, right? Uh, lifting on game days. I think that's something that I've I've changed um, at the end towards the end of last year and coming into this year. You know, just trying to maximize as much rest time as you can and trying to maximize how much time work you do on a game day. Mm -hmm. So if you play a game, you know how you rep. rep. Oh, <laughs> I mean, you're revved up. I, I, no, no, you're revved up after the game. I'm a gamer. I don't know what you guys are talking about. No, you're revved up after the game. You know, maybe you go lift. You know, it gives you a little bit of time the next day to recover. Yeah. Um, you come in in the morning, so you can get some body work, get your body moving. Uh, maybe it's the cold tub, maybe it's the sauna, maybe it's 15 minutes of yoga, whatever it is, you know, just kind of get the body moving come in for the game you know it sounds like you stuff it sounds like you. I, 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 it that's why i appreciate it, it so much yeah. no doubt you, you do you try to do all the little things right i mean there's some freak things that happen on the court that you just can't yeah. prepare for but the more time that you can spend hopefully preparing yourself and putting yourselves in different positions where you know okay if this were to happen my, how's my ankle you know proprioception how's my flexibility how's my strength how's my cardio okay then i can kind of mitigate those risks we just need to sign all of the guys up for that <laughs> plan. I don't know. I do they, been, been no, they have been a lot better. Like, I see Foxy, he, I see him stretching. I'm like, yes, he's yeah, paying attention. That's why they have you next to. Yeah. 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 What, what's your, uh, because as you go, you Golden State, then you go to Dallas, now you're here. Uh, every, every stop you learn because you haven't been a part of a fan base. Yeah. Your take so far on the Sacramento Kings fan base, it, it's a little different. Um, you had a great win in Golden State as well, and Dallas was pretty good. Well, you know, I, I competed against this fan base a little right. closely. Um, so I was definitely, I knew the fans here were great. Uh -huh. um, they were always, you know, rockets to play against. And, you know, the very first game that I came here against Miami, I mean, it was mid-February, you know, just a normal a normal game. And you know, seeing the fans, how loud and crazy it was that yeah. night, it was really a testament to how they would be, how they've been, you know, ever since. But uh, I think that passion, that's just, that's what you play for as a yeah, player. You know, absolutely. come out and have that environment because, you know, look, there's some arenas that yes. they don't have that. Uh, even facts. with the winning team, even if right. the rolling, they, they <laughs> You're like, where, that, you know what, what is so, going on? Uh, I'm definitely, you know, fortunate to be a part of this, this fan base for sure. Yeah. You have gone to the, like, the highest of highs. Um, what is it like to win an NBA championship and to be there that, like, in that moment and go into the locker room and have that moment with your teammates and the celebration, and then, of course, all of, all of these things come in and storm the room. But um, <laughs> what is that moment like? I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you know, you work your whole life to hopefully, you know, win at, at some level, mm -hmm. right? whether it's high school, whether it's college, whether it's, you know, NBA. And I was fortunate enough to win in, in high school, you know, so you kind of have that feeling. And I didn't win in college, you know what I'm saying? So you kind of have that sting. But I think the biggest thing you remember is, is the journey to get there how much it took, how much it really, like, people talk about, yeah, you know, it takes, you know, a whole team effort to get there.
but when you win a championship, you, you remember those moments where things were yeah. on the rocks, things were a little yeah. shaky, and you needed that push from this guy. You needed this wow. guy to, to put his arm around that other teammate and really kind of keep his spirits high. You needed you know, that team dinner where you, know, you guys just hash things out. Whatever it is, that's what you remember at the end of the day. So when you see guys in the locker room, they're throwing champagne at each other, they're yelling, they're having a good time, they're screaming, I mean, the Larry O'Brien Trophy is nice. I mean, it's, it's cool. You get the ring. That's fine. But it's that experience and that journey of we started here and we got to the mountaintop. And it was this group of guys that were able to get there. You know, many times as, as players go throughout their career, and it seems like more nowadays than ever, while guys are playing, they're starting to plan what they're going to do next. Your aspirations for, for after basketball. Man, um, have you thought of it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you think you think about it yeah, all the yeah. time. Um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty confident I'll be in California in some capacity. Um, the philanthropy work will continue. My wife and I are really passionate about that. What I'll be doing specifically, whether it's in you know venture capital or whoever, okay. or whatever it may be. Um, you know, I really haven't pinned that down yet. Okay. Um, what interests you? Not politics. Hey, you never know, man. I mean, Gavin Newsom hit me up. <laughs> Wait, tell the what? Look at that. Maybe you need to tell this story. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, right now, I feel like, you know, I, uh, God willing, have a lot of years left to play. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that's, yeah, my, yeah. that's my biggest thing. And I definitely, after winning a championship early in my career, I want to do something special again. You know? Yeah. Um, now, obviously, I think this group has that opportunity. But, you know, post-career, Hopefully when I'm 35 and maybe my, my hips start to go a little bit on my back, then I'll, then I'll start to. <laughs> You've got this, uh, this second experience here with Luke. Um, how is he different from when you, you were there? And I mean, he's part of that 73 win team with you guys yeah. coaching um, and to where he is now where, you know, you guys clearly had some hard times at the beginning of the season. You've had some good times already. You're starting to show signs of life, but you know, you've got to see sort of the evolution of yourself as a player, but also a coach that, that now is going to be here with you. I mean, we're, we're, we're both more experienced. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, you know, I mean, you know, his first year coaching, you know, he's, you know, it's the, it's the youthful excitement of, you know, this is something new. This is something I'm doing. And then now it's like, you know, <laughs> we're both about four years removed, you know what I'm saying, from the last time we saw each other. You know, we both got a little gray on them, but, you know, we, we kind of knew what we were doing. So I think it's, it's been really cool for me, you know, because I know him mm -hmm. just to see his, his maturity and the experience, I think, from being a head coach and, you know, seeing what things work, what things don't, coming here, connecting with a young team, you know, getting everybody – you know, to kind of buy into what we're doing. I mean, it's always hard when you have a new system and you start off 0-5, right? Yes. Naturally, there's a little bit of skepticism, a little bit of, oh, I don't know, and all of a sudden the wins start coming in. It's the same message being preached, and now you have the wins to back it up. So I think, uh, you know, we're in a good place with that. I think he's, he's really won a lot of guys over. You know, interestingly enough, you, you talked about uh, the Golden State team and a new system. And oddly enough, what, was it your first year that was Steve Kerr's first year, or was that... His, his Steve's first year was my third year. Was your yeah. third year. Yeah. So that was a little bit different of a system than was previous. As, as you look at the similarities, I understand that's championship, it, this is far out. Do you see any, do you feel any similarities to watching Luke come in with a, a group of young players trying to mold them and take them to a next level? 
For sure. You know, I think, you know, they kind of come from the same coaching philosophy and brain okay. of uh, Phil Jackson. I mean, yeah. he had a tremendous impact on both of those guys. Um, you know, both of them played with, you know, two of the greatest players, in my opinion, in, in the game. And, no doubt. And MJ and Kobe. So I think you kind of just see the way they play, the way they coach, the style of which they try to preach, and there's kind of the layers to the game. Okay. You know, day one of training camp, it was like, you know, first layer. You know, let's kind of get some basic principles and see, okay, now we're kind of getting to that second layer. Now we're kind of yeah. understanding of as we continue to get better as a team, these are the type of reads that we make. These are the type of reads that mm. you're going to need, you know, when you play good defensive teams, playoff teams, and hopefully you want to be a championship team. Those are the different types of things that I think Luke has done a really good job of implementing with us, but also the similarities kind of between him and Steve that they kind of got from the do, do you see a collective basketball IQ continuing to, because when I look at the team, there's some guys, yourself included, that I, I see a basketball IQ. And there's guys that are still dealing on athleticism and different things. And that's, you know, that's how we all grow. But then we all, we begin to, do you see a collective IQ beginning to form for the team? Yeah, I mean, I think guys are understanding it's, the, 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 the battle is mental, right? Mm. You know, we have athleticism. The opponent has athleticism. You know, how can we use yes. our mind a little bit and then maximize Absolutely. You know, what we're able to do? And I think, you know, we look at our team, I mean, talent, talent is, is no issue. No, it's not. <laughs> talent, athleticism, all, yes. everything on the metrics, we are, we are good. It's just a matter of how can we collectively assist in making the next guy better and allowing him to play to his strengths and, you know, knowing when to pull and when to push and those types of things. We're not going to keep you all day, but uh, I want to ask you about one of the, you brought up Michael Jordan, um, and your mom was a huge Michael Jordan fan, from yeah. what I read, uh, and one of your middle names is Jordan. Mom was smart. Right? <laughs> yeah. And, very and smart. when you were young, all you did was watch tapes, and like, what has been your experience uh, sort of growing up with Michael Jordan as one of those people in your lives, uh, in your life? At, away from the game where you're seeing him and you know sort of emulating but then I'm sure you've got to meet him as well yeah I mean Jordan's I mean he's he's the he's the goat man yeah. <laughs> I mean, no doubt. Um, you know just obviously you know watching him watching his game um, you know he, the thing about him which I think made him so special is you know he just perfected the simple you wow. know you look at his game and how he plays and how he gets to his spots his movements his efficiencies I mean you're like wow, I mean, this is like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's great to see. So fast forward, you know, get to Carolina and meet him and go to the NBA and actually cross paths and and talk. You know, it was, it was surreal at first, you know, to be like, you know, this is MJ. Man. Like, man, I don't even know why I'm in the same room as this dude. You know what I'm saying? And then you kind of, you, you develop like, oh, what's up, Mike? You know, you good? And things like that. So it, it's been, it's been fun as just a, fan of the game and appreciation for the game to be able to meet a guy like that and after studying him and, and, to, and to do things like that. I remember the first time Dominique walked up and like there was a little scrum of us on the court and he just walked up, Atlanta was in town, hey, what's going on? It's like, oh, it's Dominique. It's yeah. Different. It's different. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, obviously, you know, I've seen Doug play, you know, when I was when I was a kid, you know what I'm saying? Damn. So you see, you see all we were both very young while Damn. we were playing. They just did. They just come on, eh? I saw Bobby Jackson. I had the Bobby Jackson car. It's just funny just to see, like, you know, as, yeah, as a, you know, a kid, you, know, you grow up, you just fan the game, and you kind of see how many 
different paths crossed. Like, yeah. you know, I'll just be sitting here like I'm sitting here doing an interview, you know, with, wild. with, with Doug Christie. You know, I had the, the VHS. This is going down. It's going downhill. Quick. Hey, get him out of here. It's going downhill. Have you ever told Jordan that you're you're named after him? Yeah, he knows. He knows. He knows. All right. He said he he blessed you, is what he said. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I think that's going to do it. Uh, thanks for tuning in to the Purple Talk podcast and uh, our king of the day. King of the day. Yeah. Are HB. You ready? Are you ready to do what Bogey did? <laughs> we'll uh, see. We'll see. I mean, 34, you can pressure on fours, man. You, you got to at least go above, I, you know, so. Well, let's just, let's just get a win. We'll, we'll keep it king of the day. See? That's right. That's All I'm right. So thanks for tuning in to the Purple Talk podcast on NBC Sports California brought to you by Wendy's. We'll be back next week with another great guest. Thanks to Harrison Barnes for joining us. Go Kings! Thank you for tuning in to the Purple Talk podcast, formerly known as the Kings Insider podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. If you haven't already, please hop on, give us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast. And this season, Purple Talk is going on YouTube. We're going to have a whole new video component to this, and I think you're going to like it a lot. So tune in next week. Doug Christie will be back. We'll have a huge guest. Thanks for tuning in to the Purple Talk podcast.